This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Thursday, October 24th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. New optimism on USMCA. EPA told to give refiners everything they need. Diet advisors look at cancer links. End in sight for USMCA? There is fresh optimism on Capitol Hill about prospects for a House vote on the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. House Ways and Means Chairman Richard Neal told reporters after a meeting with U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer that Democrats would likely only need a few more meetings with him to wrap up a deal with the White House. We have really narrowed our differences considerably, he said. There were a couple of bumps in the road last week, but they seem to be, at least for the moment, smoothed out. Neal to meet with Trudeau on USMCA. Neal also said he'll be heading to Canada soon to meet with newly re-elected Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Canada, despite a claim last week by President Donald Trump, has not yet ratified USMCA, and the Monday election weakened the country's Liberal Party, which was in power during the renegotiation of the North American Free Trade Agreement. Trudeau's victory was important, Neal said. The game plan is to visit with him as we have visited with the Mexican president. Neal said he doesn't expect the election results to affect USMCA implementation. GOP senators like Neal's optimism. A top Senate Republican's anxiety about the USMCA may be lessening after hearing from AgriPulse about Neal's newfound optimism. If this has happened like your question implies, I'll take back some of the anxiety I've expressed. That Senate Finance Chairman Chuck Grassley speaking with AgriPulse yesterday afternoon. Earlier in the day, Grassley and several GOP colleagues went to the Senate floor to urge House Democrats to act swiftly to pass USMCA, saying the clock was ticking. Trump, small refineries will get, quote, everything they need. A collection of biofuel industry groups and farm organizations are going to court to challenge EPA's process for granting small refinery exemptions from biofuel usage mandates. Even as the Trump administration indicates it is taking steps to account for future small refinery exemptions, the coalition remains concerned that EPA's abuse of the small refinery exemption program diverges from the spirit and letter of the Clean Air Act, the groups say. The industry is also angry with the plan EPA released last week to offset exemptions, but Trump is giving no hint that he's backing away from it. During a speech in Pittsburgh yesterday, Trump said that EPA Administrator Andrew Wheeler is giving small refineries, quote, everything they need to stay in business. Turning to Wheeler, who was at the event, Trump said, you're going to take care of those small refineries, right? And they've really been incredible for our country. While we're at it, EPA has posted documents online from the administration's interagency review of the small refinery exemption issue. The documents indicate EPA got heavy pushback on the plan released last week. The objections came from USDA, according to an industry source, although the department didn't respond to a request for comment. On Capitol Hill, Senator Joni Ernst of Iowa told AgriPulse that she spoke with Wheeler recently about the small refinery exemptions, and she's urging farmers to let their views be known to the agency. The way he explained it, they are trying to compare apples to apples and oranges to oranges, but that is not what was promised in our deal, Ernst said, referring to a White House meeting. 
Diet advisors debate cancer links. Scientists working on recommendations for the 2020 dietary guidelines for Americans will have some new topics on their plate today and tomorrow at USDA. Based on discussions at previous meetings, the Dietary Guidelines Advisory Committee will be examining some new questions at its two-day meeting, including what is the relationship between dietary patterns consumed and risk of certain types of cancer, and what is the relationship between added sugars consumption and growth, size, body composition, and risk of overweight and obesity. Another question that will be addressed, what is the relationship between dietary patterns consumed during lactation and infant development milestones, including neurocognitive development? The committee, for the first time, is looking at what babies and infants up to 24 months should consume. And what's next? Well, the committee will meet in January in Houston and in Washington, D.C. again in March, where public comments will be accepted. ERS Farm economy near 20-year average. The number of farms that are financially stressed has increased since 2012, but it's still near the 20-year average, and things aren't as bad as they were back in 2002. That's according to a new study by USDA's Economic Research Service. The study says 2002 was the year with the lowest net cash farm income since 1996. From 2012 to 17, net cash farm income fell more than it had during any period since the 70s. But farm income remains close to the long-run average when adjusted for inflation, according to the study. About 5.2% of farms with sales above $500,000 would be in extreme financial stress if farm income falls as much as 10% below the 17 level, according to the study. A 20% decline would push nearly 7% of farms to the brink. U.S. soy focuses on feeding Vietnamese frogs. The Vietnamese love their frogs, and they're eating more and more of the amphibians, creating a growing market for imported soybean meal. That according to a new report from the U.S. Soybean Export Council. Commercial frog farming didn't really catch on until about 14 years ago, but the industry is booming now. The unlikely livestock consumed about 30,000 metric tons of feed in 2014, and by 2018 that amount had leaped to 80,000 metric tons. This year, the frogs are expected to eat 96,000 metric tons of feed. That's 30 to 45 percent soybean meal. With the expected 96,000 metric tons of frog feed in 2019, soybean meal usage will be around 30,720 metric tons, creating a good opportunity for U.S. soy products to play a role in southern Vietnamese frog industries. That according to the report. AFBF to offer market help. The American Farm Bureau Federation is developing a member benefits program to help farmers and ranchers use futures and options contracts. AFBF Chief Economist John Newton says the group's market intelligence service will be aimed at making farmers more comfortable about using those markets to hedge risk. Here's today's He Said It. Mark Twain famously said, or is believed to have said, whiskey is for drinking and water is for fighting. I think we've started a brawl. That Senator Kevin Kramer referring to the surplus water issue during a Senate Environment and Public Works Committee hearing on Wednesday. 
Well, that's Daybreak for this Thursday, October 24th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.